Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Friday, November the 20th. I'm Tom Tilly, joined by Jan Fran. Hello. Yes, today on the show we're going to take a look at... We're taking a look at footballers' brains. I can't really handle a lot of stress anymore and, you know, I get confused quite easy. That was Sean Smith, former AFL player, who got a $1.4 million payout for brain damage. If you look at Sean Smith's brain, it's like Swiss cheese. Yeah, there is a growing realisation of just how much damage concussion can cause and what should be done to look after the players. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a moment. First, let's get into the big news of today. A long-awaited report into war crimes in Afghanistan has recommended that 19 current and former soldiers be investigated by police. Yeah, it details the alleged murders of 39 Afghan prisoners and civilians, including children, and the cruel treatment of two others, as well as the blooding of new junior soldiers who were ordered to shoot unarmed prisoners to make their first kill. Yeah, it also found evidence of a self-centred warrior hero culture in the Special Air Service, which it says contributed to lies and cover-ups. Yeah, the author of the report, Justice Paul Brereton, described the atrocities as a disgraceful and a profound betrayal of professional expectations. An SAS squadron has now been disbanded, while up to 3,000 soldiers could be stripped of their medals. Yeah, the PM, Scott Morrison, says that these are incredibly serious allegations. As a country, and indeed as a defence force, we look seriously at those issues, take them seriously and deal with them seriously to uphold those standards. And the members of our defence forces, are more than any other, would expect and want us to do that. The Chief of Defence, Angus Campbell, gave an unreserved apology to the people of Afghanistan. Such alleged behaviour profoundly disrespected the trust placed in us by the Afghan people who had asked us to their country to help them. This report has been almost half a decade in the making and it examined more than 50 allegations of unlawful killings. 330 people gave evidence behind closed doors both here and in Afghanistan. Yeah, and as Angus Campbell just said, these actions go against the whole premise of being in Afghanistan in the first place. We went into someone else's country, you know, under the guise of making it safer, pushing back on the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And there were 30,000 Australians who served as part of that. And so... For those 39 victims of their family, they weren't, they weren't made safer at all. For the other Australians who were doing the right thing, the, the 99% of the special forces and the rest of the force, um, they served with dignity and honour, so they would be devastated by this as well. And in good news, no new COVID cases for South Australia as its hard six-day lockdown continues. Yeah, the Parafield cluster's currently sitting at 22 Like we said, it is good news, but we know that it takes days, if not weeks, to get a clear picture of actually what is going on. Uh, There are another 17 cases that are being treated as likely infections. So, you know, let's just see how the next few days play out before we celebrate too much. Yeah, the state's police commissioner, Grant Stevens, has defended the right of the hotel security guards to hold second jobs after that news that was kind of perplexing to a lot of people, given what had happened in Melbourne, that one of these uh, hotel security guards was also working in a pizza shop. These people are part of our community and we require them to do a really important job at the moment. People have an entitlement to get on with their life when they're not at work. So please balance your expectations in relation to the, what we're asking these people to do and the fact that they have lives outside of their eight to five job. No, mate, I reckon you just pay them properly so they don't have to risk the whole community. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked, what's being asked already, really, about the casualised workforce here in Australia and how much that contributes to 
COVID numbers. Well, particularly, yeah, when they're in those high-risk jobs on the front line of dealing with this crisis that could undermine the whole country if it gets out of control. Um, Victoria has been the latest state to shut the door on South Australia. Only for 48 hours, though. Um, That began at midnight. Yeah, yesterday there were no new locally acquired cases of COVID in the whole of Australia. Right? It's a very different picture overseas, though. Uh, The World Health Organization says that in Europe, someone is dying from COVID every 17 seconds now. So, you know, we're doing very well comparatively. Yeah, and there was more news on the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, There was an article about that in the Lancet Journal yesterday. Uh, And that Oxford vaccine is showing strong immune responses for elderly patients. So that is really good news. And that's the vaccine that we're actually already starting to produce here in Australia. Yesterday, we told you that China handed a list of grievances about the Australian government to Aussie media, and overnight, the PM, Scott Morrison, has hit back. We'll respect the decisions of other countries, but our values aren't up for trade, our democracy is up, not up for trade, and our, our sovereignty is not up for trade. Yeah, this list of complaints about 14 government policies include the decision to ban Huawei from rolling out our 5G network, Uh, foreign interference laws, and calling for an inquiry into how COVID-19 started. Yeah, although there's been an increase in rhetoric this week so far, no new bans or tariffs on Aussie exports into the country. Yes, Jan, and before we talk uh, head knocks, concussion in footy, uh, you've got a pretty interesting weekend ahead, but it's going to involve a lot of spending, but you're not buying any new clothes somehow. (laughs) No, basically I'm buying all of Australia's secondhand items. Yeah, the garage sale trail is on this weekend and I'm going house to house buying all of their secondhand 80s power suits. So if you have any, put them outside for me to buy. And if you want one, get Get in first. What if playing the sport that you love was killing your brain and one day ruining your life? There is a growing realisation about the damage that hardcore contact sports are doing to our players. Yeah, if you watched The Origin on Wednesday night, um, it was a shocker. It was so hard to watch. James Tedesco, the Blues fullback, an amazing player, was running the ball up. He gets tackled and then his head slams into another player's knee so hard. And then you see him on the ground trying to get up Mm. and he can barely get up off the ground. In game one in the origin, there was another absolute shocker where Boyd Cordner was somehow allowed back on the field after taking a massive head knock. And then it was only after the game they realised how bad it was and then he didn't play the next two games. Right. Yeah, some of the stuff that you see in these games is really intense. I don't even watch it often and I still see those head knocks. So in this briefing, we're going to learn about the growing realisation of what football is doing to brains of the people that play it and also what should be done about it. It might not surprise you to know, Jan, and it might explain a few things that I've been concussed many, many times. No, somehow I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> In my career at the Mudgy Wombats um, playing rugby, I got knocked out for high the first time. High level rugby Yeah, pretty well. high level mm-hmm. stuff within the central west of New South Wales. But yeah, I got knocked out for the first time at 14, carted off in a stretcher. Woke up in the ambulance, off to hospital, right, and then went to sleep again, woke up and vomited. And then that happened several times throughout my junior career. So imagine what these professionals are going through. Yeah. Well, here in Australia, I mean, there's lots of questions about the long-term impacts of head knocks and concussions. Five players have been diagnosed with something called CTE, which stands for Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. Um, It is a brain disease that doctors believe is caused 
essentially by repeated knocks to the head. So it's different to a concussion um, in that it doesn't necessarily cause immediate symptoms. It is degenerative, so it happens over time, and it can affect the thoughts and the moods and the behaviours of people who have it. Yeah, and it doesn't discriminate by sporting code. No. So the first case in Australia we knew about was a rugby union player in 2014. Um, his brain's now at Boston University getting examined. Last year, there were two former rugby league players that were diagnosed, and this year, there were two former AFL players as well. Yeah, and it has already been a massive issue in the NFL in the US as well. Uh, three years ago, the league had to pay $750 million to settle a lawsuit that was brought by 4,500 former players. That is not a small amount of players and not a small amount of money. And there could be some payouts here too. Yeah, there was a very interesting one this year. In September, former AFL player Sean Smith received $1.4 million, um, an insurance payout that acknowledged the permanent damage caused to his brain while playing AFL. Yeah, it was a historic payment. Um, Sean is with us now. Sean, welcome. You played AFL for 11 years. Um, Just tell us, what sort of head knocks did you get in that time? Uh, I think it's a question of what head knocks didn't I get. Hmm. Um, Basically, when I've gone through and uh, asked a lot of uh, friends and people have watched games and probably got knocked out about uh, a dozen times and then there'd be dozens of other concussions on top of that. So it was, um, yeah, not good. Um, Tony Lockett one day elbowed me in the back of the head. That knocked me out. Playing against the Swans one day, I uh, got an elbow to the side of the head, which was fairly serious. I thought I might have broken my neck that day. There's quite a few that uh, some serious, really serious head knocks as well. My my girlfriend Jody at the time contacted me over the last few years and sort of filled in some some blanks. Mm. Um, and she said to me after the game, I she asked me how I played, and I I, I looked at and I've gone, I didn't play today. I'm playing tomorrow. And she's gone, no, no, you played today, Sean. And wow. she's gone, no, I haven't. Yeah, and that that's that's pretty scary. And I was only eighteen years old at that time, and yeah, that's that's a, not a good knock to have on a on a young brain like that. No, certainly not. When did you start to notice the effects that the concussions were having on you, and uh, what kind of impact did that then have on your body and your quality of life? It was starting to affect me a, a long time ago. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it it, it it's cost me my. Um, the marriage and because I was just not that I was a nasty person or whatever. I just was a bit more grumpy and you know you'd have mood swings and and stuff like that. It wasn't like I was walking around with massive headaches and I you know I sort of didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, what about yeah, your cognitive stuff. function? You know, memory and you know thinking about complex things. You're limited there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah I, I can't really handle. A lot of stress anymore, and you know I get confused quite easy, uh, and you know just short-term memory. Like this morning, I put my glasses on, and then I'm looking around trying to look at this phone. I, I can't find my glasses. <laughs> some of the stuff I can remember uh, long-term, but then there's some stuff I just—it's gone forever. Um, yeah, so it's sort of it's uh, really frustrating. It does affect your day-to-day life, especially when you're losing stuff every five seconds. Yeah, I mean, you received one point four million dollars 
in compensation for concussions sustained during your career. What made you want to seek damages for that? Well, it, it's funny. It wasn't actually a, a damage claim. It was it was actually an insurance claim, mm. uh, <laughs> which I which I put in place twenty five years ago. Um, so that was probably some of the best advice I got in my life, I reckon. But what it's done there is it sort of said to the to the AFL and I, I guess other games as well that you know I've been deemed to be terminal permanent disability. Mm. Um, and it was through football because uh, I haven't been knocked out anywhere else. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so that's that's where it's it's sort of an eye opener for the game that you know that that I've gone through four independent doctors and two medical certified medical boards and that they've deemed me a disability and uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure insurance companies don't give 1.4 million dollars away too <laughs> too easy. Yeah, so to, to for them to pay out, it must, it must be uh, definitely something wrong there. Do you think that this is something that other footballers are going to uh, follow you with? Do you do you see that happening in the next few years? More sort of cases like this? Um, I, I can see there's going to be more players putting their hand up for for compensation. I know we the players get paid well. And that's what people say. You get paid well, you know what you're getting. You're signing up for. Uh, you just suck it up, but. I don't, I don't see that at all. I don't sign up to get knocked out. That was former AFL player Sean Smith. And one of the people that helped Sean with his insurance mm. claim uh, is a man called Peter Jess. He is a player agent. Peter says that Sean's case, mate, it's just the beginning. He's the tip of the iceberg. I've currently got another five blokes who are on the cup of, um, you know, getting something similar. So, you know, we've just got to press on. I'm continually confronted with this argument that there's no structural damage. If you look at Sean Smith's brain, it's like Swiss cheese. He's got 11 lesions on his brain and and he's simply not the only one. Peter reckons that players need to spend more time off the field when they cop a head knock. There's multiple clinical studies that show, and even the AFL has uh, conducted its own study that shows the brain is still dysfunctional in the key decision-making area which is in the frontal lobal cortex, up to 28 days after a clinical concussion. That we know is backed by clinical evidence. What it means is we need to, in the window of vulnerability, which is those 28 days after the clinical you know, concussion, it needs to be monitored with the multimodality tests to ensure your brain has actually healed. And we're not doing that. That's why we have this continuum of players who retire in their early 20s. That was player agent Peter Jess there. Let's find out more about what actually happens to the brain when it's injured. Associate Professor Michael Buckland set up something called the Australian Sports Brain Bank in 2018 to research CTE. He says that he's now got more than 80 athletes that have pledged their brains for research, which is great, including Sean Smith, um, who we heard from earlier. I will too. And you will too. Yep. yep, good. You're doing your part there for science, Tom. Um, Professor Michael Buckland joins us this morning. Michael, tell us, what's actually happening to the brain when your head slams into another player's knee or just slams into the ground? Look, I think a great analogy is the brain is essentially a firm piece of jelly. That's the consistency it has. Uh, and it's encased in a very hard skull and Often in big impacts, particularly when there's a concussion, there are acceleration, deceleration forces working on the brain. So your skull stops, 
but inside the skull, the, the brain keeps moving and then abruptly comes to a stop. Often as well, there's rotational forces. Often the worst concussive injuries are ones where there's a, a degree of, uh, of rotation. And both of those uh, stretch and deform the brain. It seems that the white matter tracks of the brain, which is the electrical wiring of the brain, they seem to be most prone to injury. If we let these players down, I mean, even in game one in Origin, Boyd Cordner went out and supposedly we've, we've fixed up our standards here, but he went back out on the field in Origin one after a shocking head knock and then was out for the rest of the series. Have we been too slow to realise what's going on here? There's definitely room for improvement in concussion management uh, across all the codes. What's interesting is that at this stage, there's no evidence that good management of an acute concussion will reduce your likelihood of getting CTE. It may well do, but we don't actually have the evidence to say that. What seems to cause CTE or to be the most likely culprit is multiple head knocks, not just the concussions, but also head knocks that it's a big clash, but everyone feels fine afterwards. Mm. Uh, And it's sort of probably a cumulative effect of multiple impacts over days to weeks to months to years that raises your risk of getting CTE. We don't want to advocate a a nanny state solution to this and, you know, suck the fun out out of the game. But I think the codes can adapt by really following a few principles, reducing overall exposure and reducing age of first exposure. Mm. So play less footy later. Yes, or at least Mm. play less full contact footy. That was Associate Professor Michael Buckland from the Brain and Mind Research Centre at Sydney Uni. Check out the Brain Bank website for more info on his research. Yeah, it sounds like you can't really stop the head knocks. You can mitigate them in some way, yep. um, but it's you're, it's ultimately going to be a risk playing these sort of contact sports, right? That's right. So it's going to happen. What we can do is treat it better in the short term. Mm. We can also understand more about the long-term impacts, so CTE, and then players will know what they're actually what doing, they're what they're into. gambling. So when they make that choice to gamble their future happiness – on the short-term glory of, of playing and the they money that comes with that. Stake. And we can support them better and potentially they get compensated properly for the real impact yeah. of that choice they're making. I think everyone should just do aqua aerobics from now on. <laughs> it's the only way forward. <laughs> All right, that is just about it for another week of The Briefing. Our sponsor is ComBank, who are all about positivity and the can-do attitude. So we're going to send you into the weekend with our can-do moment of the week, Jan. Yes, we are. And this one is about two young newlyweds who went on a, well, a pretty unusual honeymoon to help mm. Aussie farmers crippled by years of drought. Yeah, so forget Paris, the Maldives, the Swiss Alps. Um, Megan, Ollie, Clothier have spent almost 12 months touring Australia and taking over farms for up to 10 days, doing everything that needs to be doing so farmers hit by drought can take some time off. Yes, so far they have clocked up more than 35,000 kilometres. They are set to wrap up in the NT before heading home for Christmas. What a great honeymoon. Yeah, it's so that amazing. That does beat the Maldives. They've got an amazing Instagram as well with all these beautiful pictures from regional Australia. So big shout-outs to Meg and Ollie. That sounds like a really cool thing to do. 
So that is it. Uh, we do have the special episode, the full uh, extended edit of the Mary Trump interview tomorrow for you, where we get all into that strange childhood of the, the Trump family. He couldn't even moderate his behavior around little kids. Like, he always had to be the best, the guy who won, the guy who threw the ball the hardest. Yep. Whole lot of Mary Trump for you. Um, Jan, have a great time out looking for power suits. I will. I could see myself, not, you know, elbowing in for a few of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although we are quite a different size. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. A Podcast One production.